have to, uh, what is going on there? There we go. Freaking, you know, the Roku remote, I'm kind of frustrated with. It doesn't have yeah. a very good, uh, it takes like a second for your button to actually work. Maybe that's like, uh, you know, my, uh, short attention span brain, but, um, it very much irks me when you press the button and you think it didn't work and you press it again, but then it cancels whatever you just did. So you then unpause, pause, unpause. It's back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. It's a hassle. It's very no good. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. What were you watching? Uh, something about the stories of people's clothes that they wear. And I feel like I have a very uh, attunement to the clothes that I wear. And, uh, yeah, it's very you. Yeah, so I wanted to hear what other people had going on with that. Well, there was one about a nudist colony, which I thought was an interesting choice for a show about clothes. For a clothing, yeah. yeah. Well, did you watch it? Well, it's like these this like mini series episodes where like each episode has like four or five pieces to it, and like each piece in the episode is like one item of clothing, and for one. How does that work for a nudist colony? Well, they, it was their shoes because you, you have to wear shoes, kind of. Oh, you know, like yeah. your feet are gonna get cut up and stuff. Unless you're a hobbit. So I had like but... a pair of like Crocs that was there. Of course, the nudist colony it's Crocs, but like, um, <laughs> Crocs were the. Uh, with an item of choice in it. Yeah, anyways, it was an interesting little tangent. That sounds really cool. How was your night going? My night's good. I, uh, what have I done? I got home at 4.45-ish, uh, made dinner, and watched, I think, just YouTube for a while. Uh, and then I pretty much immediately got down to writing, because uh, I had another Zoom call about an hour ago for another podcast actually it's like a narrative podcast a buddy of mine from college is doing and he needed me to do a voiceover uh so i lended my talents uh my voice acting talents out uh and then i've just been writing other than that just kind of hanging out nice uh it's it's a monday it's very much a monday it feels like a monday Uh, it's rainy and mondays feel different to me because they're like my last day off before i go into the woods so I I try to build rituals around Mondays, like packing up my gear. And uh, Mondays are the order pizza, watch a movie, read old journals, write a bunch, go to bed early, nights. That's a good ritual. That's that's the ritual before I go into the woods, at least at this point in my life. It's been hard the weeks that I don't have a ritual. It gets weird. You just like the angst, the the anxiety builds up and you have like no comfort in consistency structure is important anyway structure is important i've heard that period referred to as the sunday scaries yeah uh, it's a phrase i've heard before and hadn't experienced really until you know i became a working man uh, but it really <laughs> is amazing the anxiety that i feel all day on sundays just like continually and it is those rituals do help you know I, I preset the coffee. I make my lunch for the next day. I, I, you know, shower, you know, all those, those sorts of things do help. And the, the days that I don't and just sort of, you know, I'm trying to think of a better phrase than raw dog <laughs> the morning. Uh, I'm just going to go with it. The days that I raw dog the morning are a lot tougher than, than the days when I, I, you know, prepare the night before. Yeah. 
That's terrible. So I went, you know, I, I come home on Mondays. You're going, your Sunday scaries are Monday scaries. Not on Sunday. <laughs> Monday, Monday meanies or something. Well, I've got friends that uh, will pack their bag Tuesday morning. That seems like just a crazy thing to do. I could never do that. You're packing for a whole week in the woods. Some, days, some weeks my bag is in the car on Sunday night, and I don't even have to think about it on Monday. Because then you're prepped, right? But some days I need to like do something on Monday, and packing my bag is a good exercise in that. But um, yeah, no, I've got friends that pack it all up on Tuesday morning, and it's like I could never That's do that. Crazy to me. Absolutely not. Yeah, or they just keep it in their car from the week before and don't wash anything or or they don't wash take it anything. out at all. Your friends are crazy people, know. Isaac. No, I'm sure they do wash things, but they just like wash it and then just like throw it back in the car in a in a pile. Um, I could do that. I have enough backpacks that I could have a backpack for like every day of the week that's packed with the things I need. But um, anyways, that's another story. Um, I might sound a little congested uh, on this podcast, and uh, there's kind of a story behind why. <laughs> there's a story behind congestion. <laughs> yeah, it's not just your normal run it's of the not, mill. It's congestion. not just I woke up congested? <laughs> no. Um, I'm very excited to hear this. I'm kind of worried I have a sinus infection, actually, or I'm going to get a sinus infection. Oh shit! Um, I don't think I will, but um, I just have not felt this uh, feeling in a while. And um, so, for those that know, as soon as I say it, they're going to be like, "Yep, of course." But for those that don't, there's some explaining to to be had. Um, I went whitewater kayaking yesterday. <laughs> In April in Wisconsin, so that was very chilly water. It was very cold water, yeah. Uh, there's this weird phenomenon that I'd never experienced before where, uh, you know the feeling of a brain freeze? And it happens because the, the nerves on the inside of your mouth are close to, to the, the nerve centers in your brain and they get cold and then they hurt? I didn't know that's what caused it. I've gone my entire life and not known that there's a real scientific reason. And the good cool. way you solve that is by like putting your your thumb in your mouth to like warm back up those nerve centers. You can do it with your tongue too, like but usually baby. your 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 thumb works better because like your tongue is probably already cold cuz you're eating It'll ice be cream. cold from yeah. Anyways, I had that that brain freeze nerve ending feeling on all of my head and like the outside of my skull. Like the nerves that are like that, it was it felt yeah. like that. I've I've definitely I I've probably talked about on the podcast. When I did my initial lifeguard training at camp a few years ago, we did it in June in the Adirondacks. So it was like 40 to 50 degree water yeah. that we just spent whole days in. Uh, and I that, that same feeling, it, it it's unbearable. They had to build like fires for us <laughs> in the, the rec hall to like warm up by in between rescues. But yeah, I, I totally know what you're talking about. So um, anyways, whitewater kayaking, uh, a critical skill for life maintenance is uh learning how to wet exit your boat um so that means that you know you're wearing your spray skirt and you're kind of like strapped into this tiny little vessel that you're like very maneuverable in and that maneuverability is like um connected to how tightly you are in that boat and so Mm -hmm. it's 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 a good thing but it's also a bad thing because when you flip over and you can't you're stuck. write yourself back up. You're kind of cramped yeah. in this little boat, and you're sealed in there with your skirt. So you have to know how to, pretty much in the dark, because you're underwater and upside down, reach in front of you, pull off the skirt, and then swim out of your boat and get to the surface. So this is something you should practice before you decide to go whitewater kayaking. 
Um, that would be a smart thing, yes. Did you practice before of course, you went of course. whitewater kayaking? Okay. <laughs> well, it's okay. kind of funny because the buddy of mine that was taking me whitewater kayaking has a lot more experience. We're, I was using his boat, actually. And um, anyways, uh, he has a lot more experience, and we're kind of scouting the rapid and talking about what, what we're going to do and stuff. And he was like, so, like, what's your whitewater kayaking experience? Like, what do you think? I was like, uh, none. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've done a lot of whitewater canoeing, but no whitewater kayaking. And he was like, oh, I wish I knew that. <laughs> I was like, great. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> day. Um, anyway, so I practiced those wet exits a bunch of times. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, you're upside down, and you have to, like, sc- move your head forward and feel around and then pull the – pull the the uh the ripcord on your skirt and be able to to pop out of the the kayak um so my head is just getting like every time i do this it's just getting f- hammered with cold water and since you're upside down it's going in your nose and it's a very disorienting feeling um so i practiced it three or four times um and was like playing in the water doing some like surfing on some some minor standing waves and uh practicing eddying out and just like getting used to feeling the boat and then did a couple shorter runs down like class two and three, but like, you know, taking the more conservative line on all of those with also my friend there with a throw rope in case something happened. Like it was all good. Um, I was wearing a dry suit, but still your, your head's getting wet. And, um, and then on the second run down this, this like very short, like maybe like a 400 yard run, uh, I ended up rolling the boat at the very top. Oh, good place to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right off the bat, pretty much. <laughs> like, the first turn ended up turning too hard and just, like, whoop, went right over and had to do that wet exit that I had practiced, um, which is great that I practiced it and was able to execute, but um, totally was, like, disoriented and, like, you know, took in a bunch of water at the wrong time and just, like, yeah, messed up with my senses. Went swimming for a little bit, hopped out at the eddy, had to run down the stream and catch the boat, and yeah, it was a whole time. But um, yeah, that's why I'm feeling a little congested. I'm still like getting that water out of my my face. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like a time. That's good. You didn't do you know for the listeners who maybe haven't done whitewater stuff. You it sounds like you didn't stand up in the middle of the rapid water, which is of course a very bad thing to do. No, you got to float uh, and. You gotta float because if you stand up, the, the water you might get trapped under a rock and then die a painful foot death. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So float if you ever get on your sucked back, into rapid water, listeners, down. there you go. Just float. The recovery position. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. I was wearing a helmet it's too, tough. just just for uh, for the moms listening. <laughs> That's an important one too. Yeah, and the life jacket, of course, and all all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was properly we done. Love but, um, uh, proper safety. It's yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> So that's why I'm feeling a little congested uh, and have a bunch of water in my skull. I just got water out of my skull, so we're sort of in a weird cycle here. <laughs> From your lifeguard training? Yeah. Have you ever been lifeguard certified? Um, uh, <laughs> technically, that's, that's, <laughs> technically is not the kind of answer you want for that kind of technically, question. Technically, yes. <laughs> uh, technically. Legitimately, no. Well, no, legitimately, yes, but technically... I was going to tell a story. I would love to get into this technicality. Well, <laughs> it's a long story. I, I'll, 
That'll come up later. I want to hear your story, though. <laughs> well, one of the things you have to do, as, as you know, as someone who has technically been certified, technically, uh, is you have to swim down to the bottom or, or, or a certain, uh, you know, depth and grab a brick and, and pull it back up. Now, when I did this in a lake, getting down was not the hard part because the lake was not that deep, at least where we threw it. Uh, but you couldn't see the brick because the water was like you couldn't see below the surface of the water. And as soon as you threw the brick down, it kicked up dirt and mud and stuff. But in a pool, you can see the brick the whole time. The hard part is getting down. And I've always sort of struggled with surface dives. Uh, and I think that's why I got water in my ears because I really forced myself down to the bottom of the pool uh, to pick up this brick. But that's not the story. The story does have to do with surface dives, but it has to do with what we were rescuing. Um, I've only ever done a brick. I think most people probably have only ever done bricks. But where the 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 aquatic instructor goes off and it's like take a breather and go grab something so all the the people are getting reasserted and i we just sort of hung out and chatted and then we look up and we see the aquatics director dragging this mannequin across the pool deck and this mannequin has it's a full body like it's arms legs elbows and knees like this has every joint you can imagine on person and just like he's dragging this body across the pool deck and it's horrifying nice. and so this is you know so you can practice rescuing like a body rather than rescuing a brick uh, it weighs about 100, I think it's at 190 pounds when it's fully clogged with water, wow. which is a lot to lift out. Uh, so he places it in the pool, but because it's shaped like a body, because it is a body, it does what most bodies do when they're placed into water, and it naturally, the legs and arms come out and it starts floating. Uh, so what the aquatics director did was he put his hand over the mannequin's face and held the face underwater until all the bubbles stopped. That's so concerning. Uh, and it was horrifying to watch. It was awful. It, I mean, he was drowning this this thing, and, and once the bubble stopped, the arms and legs floated down, and things sank down to the surface. Uh, so after we'd watched the head guard drown a man, <laughs> uh, we all took turns swimming down to the bottom and, and rescuing the man. Uh, and it turns out rescuing a like a limbed body from the bottom of the pool is quite difficult. Oh yeah. Because uh, the limbs are in the way. I think if someone drowns, they just shouldn't have limbs because it's easier. <laughs> uh, so I couldn't quite like get the right, like, arm around under the tube kind of thing mm-hmm. that you're supposed to do. But what I realized is if I get my arms under the armpits, I could kick strong enough to get to the surface and, and then get my tube under this guy. Uh, so I essentially dirty dancing this mannequin out of the pool, like, all the way up. Like, I was emerging with Excalibur and just lifted this drowned man above my head, and it was glorious, and it was great. And after we finished, no one wanted to deal with the mannequin, like, we had to go do other rescues, so we just chucked this mannequin back into the bottom of the pool and left it there for the members of the Y to just look at as they swam. And if you didn't know it was a mannequin, it looked so much like a body. Uh, and it was horrifying, just like the imagery that that I have seen now. That's, that's uh, all that to say, I did I did get water in my ear for about a week uh, after that. So, I can relate. Now, explain this technicality. The listeners are on the edges of their seats. Um... Well, I'm a pretty competent swimmer, and, like, I'm fairly physically fit. Like, you know, I can do these things. But my lifeguard instructor kind of just didn't want to go through it (laughs) and trusted our physical abilities. We know how to do all the things, and we practice them on land. And then did, like... Wait, you didn't practice the rescues in the water? Um, a couple of them. A bunch of them involved, like, maneuvering in the water. Um, yeah. And we did the, the 550, 
Yeah, and we did the rescue the brick thing. Five fifty is brutal. But all the other ones, we like pretty much, like the dude took our word for it, and then just signed our cards, and uh, it was great. This was a while ago. This was like many years ago, though. This is when I was first starting to work in the outdoors. So those certifications have long since expired and don't mean anything anymore. So I feel like I'm okay with uh, telling the story. Telling the story, but um, yeah. No, there. It was it was pretty much a, a rapid fire course. I think it was a combination of we needed to get our certification before the summer started, so we only had a week to do it. It was a really cold week in the Adirondacks, like you were saying. Like it was the water was forty degrees, and I think the air temperature was also like in the fifties. It was not very warm, yeah. and, and it was raining. And uh, our instructor just like didn't like standing out on the dock and watching us swim while it was raining. So he just like Fair made it happen. I don't know. We pulled some good pranks, my, my lifeguarding class out in our 40-degree water. Uh, not really that great of pranks, just mostly bullying, actually, because it was cold and no one wanted to get in. Uh, so one of the guys who was getting restarted, he jumped in, and clearly the water was freezing, but he was like, oh, it's so warm, come on in. Uh, and no one believed him because he was sort of a, a troublemaker kind of guy anyway. But then I jumped in, and it was excruciating, this water. Yeah. But I... Ever the, the actor, the, the professional, you know, cool, collected actor, I came up and went, wow, it's warmed up a lot since yesterday. And all my friends were like, oh, Ethan wouldn't deceive us. Ethan's a good guy. Uh, and they jumped in and were mad at me the rest of the day. What a savage. We also had to fight off a turtle at one point. It was an exciting time. Yeah. How does your camp keep track? Does you have, like, a buddy tag system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's sort of the, the classic. Yeah camp fair right there and it's the same the little green ones and you put them on the little hooks any shenanigans with buddy tags uh the waterfront directors were pretty sticklery with uh with the buddy tags the uh, the main shenanigans i got up to because i was buddies with the waterfront director is i would just pronounce my last name differently every time i'd hand it to him (laughs) nice uh mac and cheese uh (laughs) take a nap please like that sort of thing yeah when there's a buddy tag on the board at the end of the session after you think everybody left you're like, oh, no. That's a horrible no. shenanigan. <laughs> yeah. And then it just happens that, like, somebody forgot to have their buddy tag. And it's like, ah, oh, come on. And the person at the gate is supposed to double check to make sure that they have, everybody has the buddy tag. But somehow somebody slips through without one. And then everybody has to get in the water and do a, a, a body check, body search on the lake. It's just like, oh, I thought we had a system, folks. Not a good time. And now you're making me get wet. That's the worst. Yeah. I don't want to get. It's crazy how much lifeguarding involves not being wet. In my head, lifeguards were always swimming, but it's so much of just standing. That's the goal, though, right? Like if you're doing everything right. Right. Oh yeah. It, it's. If you have to get in the water, something's very wrong. Ninety percent prevention, I think. You know. Which is fine by me. Yeah. Uh, my my week of lifeguarding for the YMCA a couple weeks ago was literally just I walked around the pool for fifteen minutes at a time. It's not even like big shift. It's fifteen minutes on, fifteen minutes off. Like it was a piece of cake. Really. Yeah. Wow. Well, there were enough. There were two pools and enough guards that you could cycle through. Oh, I got gotcha. And then if you were off, you would go clean something. Or if the aquatic director wasn't there, you would sit on your phone for 15 minutes. But Nice. You know. Oh, no. I see you're enjoying a, uh, a pizza. You, you were very excited to text me about the pizza portal. From the pizza portal. Hot it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. It was great. I, uh, yeah, what kind, of, what kind of pizza? Just the regular cheese and pepperoni. Nothing super exciting, but uh, that's gonna. This has been like the third week in a row on Mondays, third double week. Like 
Like, since I'm working the other Monday, every other Monday, I do this, which feels pretty good. Um, yeah. It's nice to, like, have that. Monday, I feel kind of stressed out, and I don't really feel like making food. And also, if I play my cards right, all the food should be gone in the house by Monday night. Right, right. Except for some bre- breakfast things in the morning, so um, it is nice to just get some pizza, you know? Absolutely. I'm going to do pizza... I think this Friday, it'll be my last day working at uh, in this current position at the Y. Nice. So I figure that's a good way to uh, to celebrate that, is just eat a pizza. That sounds good. Yeah. Have you tried any of, I guess we're a Little Caesars fan cast now, have you tried any of their like specialty pizzas lately? Did you try the uh, the pretzel crust one last uh, month? Not really. No, I have not tried. I feel like I would like the pretzel crust one. Every time I think about venturing off into some adventure like that, I'm usually like, hmm. No, I just want the consistency. I want the known factor, you know? Oh, and it's a big gamble to, like, order a whole pizza to try, and then what if you don't like it? Exactly. Then you've got a whole pizza left. If I'm at a party and there's, like, three or four pizzas, and you're like, oh, I'll try this weird pizza, of course. Have a slice, sure. Very low-stakes gamble, but, uh, yeah. Especially on a Monday night when that's, like, the ceremony, you know? I don't want to ruin the... Right, you got to stay consistent. You have to keep the rituals. Rituals are important. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my fridge just got really loud. <laughs> Freaked me out. Trying to cool stuff down. I don't know why. It's not any warmer or hotter than it normally is. What are your, uh, what's your weather been like there? It's been really nice. Like, all of last week was almost 80 some days uh, and sunny. I sat out on my balcony most days just hanging out, drinking coffee, writing. Uh, and then Sunday, yesterday, it rained all day. Uh, which was actually kind of nice. It was getting really humid. Uh, and so I just sat inside. I did some writing. I did some reading. I watched some cartoons and drank coffee with my cat. So it was a lovely day. But it's it's rainy today, too, and I think it's going to rain most of the week, which is fine. I don't have anything I need to be doing. Yeah, since I work in the woods, I work outside. I've like come to think of, like, do I want the rain to come on my working time when I'm in the woods and it's important? That it doesn't rain, it's like nice life when it doesn't rain in the woods. Or do I want the rain, or do I not want the rain on my off shift when I want to go out and do fun things and I actually have the time to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't go on as many runs. I didn't go on a run today because it was kind of rainy and cold. And like I probably should have, but uh, I don't know. I had other things to do. But if it was super sunny, I'd, I'd go out for rain, I would go out for a run and spend a bunch of time outside, but... Um, since it's not as nice on the off shift, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't get outside as much, but it's a weird thing. Do you have an ideal weather? Like if you could have one perfect weather, what would it be for you? I'm pretty stoked about like peak 60 degrees during the day is as hot as I could really stand. And like just above freezing at night. Probably like 40. Freezing. Wow, okay. 40 or, yeah, mid-40s at night. That feels really good to me. Because, like, you can hike. You can be outside. You can run. You can do very active things outside and go down to, like, a t-shirt and shorts in 60 degrees and be very comfortable. Yeah, any hotter than that and it gets, you know, you're starting to sweat more than you really need to. But also, when you're standing still, you can put on a sweater and a jacket and feel good, you know? 
And it's going to cool off at night, so you're going to sleep a lot better. It's going to be great. That's like, I, I feel good about that. And that can be in the spring. That could be in the fall. That could also be in the summer. Like, that's great. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not a big summer fan just on the basis of it gets way too hot and, like, I don't want to do stuff when it's 80 and up. Yeah, no, that's no good. It's just it's too hot to exist. I will counter, though, your, your 60 degrees with any other time of year. Amazing. In fall, give me, like, a low 50s, high 40s day, mm. partly cloudy, a nice cool breeze, mm. dry air. Yeah. That's, that's the other perfect one for me. The humidity is just uh, the worst. Humidity is always worse than the heat. Yeah. Cannot do the humidity. Uh, to a certain point. I feel like once you get up in the 90s, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be unbearable either way. With humidity? I don't know. I've been in desert climates and in those higher temperatures, and it's not as bad. You just have to find shade. But when it's that humid, whether you find shade or not, it still sucks. <laughs> like... The humidity is your worst enemy, not the sun at that point. Or at least I find when it's really humid and hot. But when it's humid and or when it's hot and dry, it's the sun is your worst enemy. You know. Yeah. I would, the like I said, it's been really humid here until it rained. That feeling of like the humidity breaking once it starts to rain. Oh yeah. Is such a good feeling, and I've been like reveling in it the past couple of days. It's wonderful because i've had my apartment for whatever reason just is always hot Mm -hmm. and the past couple i guess week it's been horrible and i don't want to open up my windows too much because i don't want pip to get curious and fall out a window because the screens aren't super strong so i'm only opening them like a little bit enough so he can't get through but enough so that air gets in yeah it's all a balancing act and it's never enough so i usually crank the ac for an hour and that does it for a little bit you actually have AC at, at your place. I don't have AC. I've got it built in right there. Oh, wow. Way to go. I can see it. You just have to use a lot of fans? Well, the fan that I had busted and almost caught fire. Oh, that was God. That was a long time ago. That was back in, that was back in like, September or something uh, when I was had a friend visiting over. And... Uh, I would open up one window on that side of the room and one window on that side and then just like have the fan blow air through. And that felt really good, but uh, no more. So I think I needed to get another fan. That's the plan. That's a good plan. I uh, Switching topics here. Uh, I've talked a little bit about, about my writing. I think this week is the week the book's going to get finished. Oh, really? When was your goal again? I have a again? chapter and a half left. Uh, so the book comes out May 15th, and my goal for finishing it was April 15th, which is Thursday. Nice. I don't know that I'll quite hit April 13th. I mean, 15th, although I might. Uh, I have the day before off, so I could spend it just writing. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely will finish by this weekend. The thing I wanted to address, and this is, this is, I'd say, cousin to our old segment meme review, because it's not a meme. Okay. But I am going to send you a photo over text to your phone. All right, let's do and it. And have you look at it and describe it. This is not the final version of what I'm going to send you, but it is very close. It just needs to be touched up. A visual format on an audio format. We've made it work for comedic <laughs> timing before. This isn't necessarily comedic. I just wanted to share it with you, and the podcast seemed like a cool way to do it. So I'm sending you this picture now. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it will be in its finished form, and I'll post it on our Twitter account. There you go. For the listeners, which, which uh, for the listeners, if you're not aware of our Twitter account, it is... Uh, at ketchup cast, ketchup spelled like the condiment. 
uh, and I'll put a link to in the description too. But this is the uh, the cover to my book. Nice, dude. That looks really good. Wow, that font is fancy. Where'd you get that font? Uh, I googled fantasy fonts. <laughs> yeah. And scrolled until I liked one. This one's called Qua Little. Royalty free uh, fan fantasy fonts. So I downloaded it. it was free. And uh, so yeah, nice. my book comes out May fifteenth. Uh, I'll I'm sure I'll you know promote the book more as we record more. Uh, but if you want to describe to the listeners what they'll they can see once they go to our Twitter account. Yeah, we got a fancy font that says the Stolen Stone. That's the title. It's by Ethan Mac and Cheese. We That's have me. a little bridge in the mid right-hand corner with a big boat that's definitely not going to fit under that bridge. I don't know where you think you're going, boat, but can't go that way. Anyways, a big boat and three smaller boats around it. They all have this, like, green tinge to them. Is that, is that the sail that's got the... Anyways, some green on the sail. we got two it's, main... It's fig- the goblin crest. The goblin crest. Okay, some goblin boats going to a bridge that is uh, not going to fit them. And we got two dudes. One guy's got a sword and the other guy's got a stone. I think it's glowing in his hand. It's magic. It's just magic. It's just magic stuff. Yeah, it's very nicely done. I like it. It's it's fairly simplistic, but but very clean. You know, it's good. A buddy of mine from college did it. I helped with the design. I I feel like I've had some of my best, most like important inspiration ideas just like spur of the moment. Uh, this one was in the shower. I had a, another book cover idea that was a lot busier and more movie postery. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I was taking a shower and thinking about it. And then this image of, of two characters looking out at the boats over the cliff just like popped in my head. I was like, that's it. That's got to be it. So I did a crude sketch. The sketch is far worse than what my friend ended up <laughs> uh, producing. Nice. Thought of it in the shower. Shower thoughts. That's great. My my last film was a shower film too. <laughs> shower. I had a whole like like it was the, it was the day before the film had to be pitched to this class. I had this whole other like it was like a mind games, two people having a conversation and like playing mental chess throughout this film with each other, like just trying to one up each other in a conversation. Uh, the film I just couldn't get the film to work, and then I took a shower the day before the film was due, and suddenly this whole other film uh, about kids rescuing their camp from evil bad guys mm-hmm. flashed into my head. And the whole, f- I saw the whole film, like in a moment, just laid out before me. And that's the one I ended up shooting. Have you ever seen the Twitter account, Shower Thoughts? Probably. The loudest way to open a bag of chips is to try to open them quietly. <laughs> Birth certificates are basically baby receipts. That's true. <laughs> well, I will, think about we'll do one more. Uh, I found a really good one. I know, that's that's why it's taking a minute. Oh, man. A lot of duds. No, they're, they're, I'm just trying to, like, get the cream of the crop, you know? <laughs> this one's pretty good. If no one comes from the future to stop you, then how bad of a decision could it really be? <laughs> <laughs> that's motivational. That's really, that's, that's good, good advice. I like it. I like it. Uh, that shower thoughts. What a good, uh, somebody's, 
I'd be really disappointed if that ended up being a corporate thing. Like, I'd like to think that those are organically, uh... Somebody actually thinks of them in the shower, but... I would hate to think that that's somebody's desk job to just think of shower thoughts and write them. Oh, God. The, f the one about the people coming from the future has really got my, my, my gears turning. Do you think, like, somewhere in the future, like, hundreds of thousands of years when time travel is possible, that there's, like, that's someone's job to just, like, monitor, like, the past and, like, read through history books and be like, oh, shit, if, you know, this guy hadn't kicked a puppy this one time, the fourth great nuclear holocaust wouldn't have happened. Well, how do you think time travel or time altering actually works? Because it could just be that you go back in time and change that, but it creates an alternate reality. Or is it like Harry Potter where your two beings exist at the same time? Or is it like... Time travel is like so weird, you know? And it's different. There's there's like... I, I've been to time travel... I've showed you my time travel film. I made it a couple years ago. Uh, and there's so... Time travel is interesting. You're going to get me on a tangent here. Uh, because... It's, it's a made-up concept, right? Like, all the rules about time travel are stuff people made up. But there's a consistency between a lot of them about, like, messing with the past and, and paradoxes and stuff. But there's no consistent rule. So it could be like Harry Potter, where you just coexist and everything is causal and everything happens every time uh, because things happen, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Or how I did it in my film is every time you time travel, it's a new uh, timeline. So... The original timeline continues, but each one, like, each each tiny alteration creates a brand new timeline that branches off. Yeah. Uh, which would solve all paradox issues if it was just a, a separate timeline. One of the issues I had with the most recent Avengers film, which came out a few years ago, this is relevant, I swear, uh, is that they tried to, like, do put their own spin on time travel, but they don't explain it very well. Mm -hmm. And it's different from how most time travel operates in fiction. And my beef with that is if you're going to change, if you're going to do your own thing of time travel, you got to explain it. You can't just be like, oh, it's, shut up, because we do it this way. You have to actually explain it, because it's going to, like, people have expectations. You have to address those expectations and then explain why yours is actually the truth. Totally. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, I don't know. It makes sense. I, so I don't know if, if maybe I'm just in the reality where I make that bad choice, but nobody's come to stop me because they'd stop me in the in other the universe, next reality. You know? yeah um i'm thinking about back to the future you've seen it i've seen it yeah listeners have probably seen it. it's a quality film that film sort of does both of those time travel elements because you've got marty mcfly going to the past and influencing his parents like you know their their high school lives right and that changes the future uh the future he returns to is different from how, what he left but he still remembers the one he left mm -hmm. so he's he's messing around meddling and in the second one he goes back and he interacts with his past self so he's doing the harry potter one but there are also are branching timelines we see that with biff in the second one we see see that you know, so it's a little bit of combo yeah it's it's all the above it's weird i've been thinking a lot about back to the future lately i don't <laughs> know why that's been a film that's just prop, cropped up a lot in my daily life yeah the past couple of weeks but it has it's a good movie i i don't know I'm sorry, I'm looking up more shower thoughts. This could be a new segment. Every episode we just pull out a couple. They're pretty great. Something to think for the listeners. There's gotta be another good one here. Let's see. This is the new meme review. Since we can't just pass the phone around looking at memes from a country away, 
we're just gonna read. But these are at least off. an audio format, something that can be right. read. It's not like a, a visual. A little bit easier. Is, uh, only you only get the joke if you see it. Humans are the only species stupid enough to have jobs and pay to live on Earth. Wow, that one really hits a little hard, right? <laughs> but we don't pay to live on Earth. It's not like you can go to Mars where it's free, you know? Have you heard about Elon Musk's plan for, for Mars? How he's going to get people there? Yeah, is, no, I haven't heard specifically about it. What's his plan? So people can can come to Mars for free. They don't have to pay to get on his rocket to Mars. Wow. But once they get to Mars, rather than paying... You're a slave. Yeah, actually. <laughs> they work their debt off for Elon Musk. That sounds like some Mars. Australia stuff right there. It's a fucking... Like, that's slavery. It's just Martian slavery. Let's make Mars the new penal colony. Servitude. <laughs> <laughs> it really is just, just intergalactic Australia. <laughs> At least there's no like, I mean there there might be, but at least there's no indigenous life to just totally mess to, up to displace and yeah and, and genocide. Unless unless there is, although we I feel like we've got you know twenty rovers or whatever on Mars now. Yeah, but they'd they'd probably be uh, like microbes or something, not like fully formed conscious human beings. You know. There was a, there was gonna fly a helicopter on Mars over the weekend. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I saw that and I thought it was an April Fool's thing, but. I guess not. Oh, they delayed it. No, didn't they? Didn't I see a, a picture of that? Uh, I'm reading. So they spun its blades a couple days ago. They just spun it. Uh, and... Okay. Uh, Ingenuity's first flight was originally slated for April 11th, which is yesterday. Uh, but uh, well, now we've dated the episode. Uh, but the mission hit a snag during a pre-flight test. While trying to spin the helicopter's rotors at full speed without leaving the ground, Ingenuity's onboard computer ended the test early. So the computer just noped out, basically, <laughs> mid-flight. Nope. Or mid-prep flight. Or flight prep. That's the order of the words. Hmm. So we're going to try again on the 14th, which is Wednesday. And that will be the first flight, the first powered flight on another world. At least by humans from Earth. That's, uh... That'll be cool. Pretty exciting stuff. There's been some cool stuff with this newest Mars mission. Uh, they sent video footage from Mars for the first time. It's only ever been pictures before. Yeah, people got Mars mania going on. It's, you know, they've already picked the first person who's going to set foot on Mars. Really? Uh, she's. I think she's a high school student right now, and they're having her training right now. What? Because uh, it's going to be, you know, another 10 years until they get that flight up. Who is this? Who? With what company? I'll find her. I'll find her. No, no, like... I'm just gonna, is it with NASA or is Elon I, Musk doing this? It's or? it's NASA, but I think they're using Elon Musk's spaceships now. Oh, okay. I'm googling Mars Lady and hoping that will. <laughs> the Mars uh, Lady. No, but it, but there is an article from 2015 about a woman they found on Mars, but it's a rock of some kind. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll I'll Mars first person. Nope, that's not helping me. They picked her. They literally picked her. Oh. I don't know what I'm talking How about. How bad that... I don't know if I'd want that to be known this early on in my life. I think I want that to be a secret as long as I could. Especially in high school. 
Like get a B on your math test, and you're like, oh, okay, she's, guess I'm not going to Mars. She might not be a high school student. She's actually like 30. I just can't read. <laughs> I would hope she's more intelligent than uh, than being in 30s and in your high in high school than uh, if she's going to Mars. You know. If she's working, yeah. <laughs> no, she's like she's a legit astronaut and and NASA scientist and all that. So she's she's set. Oh, good, good. Would you, if, if you were offered a trip to Mars, would you take it? If Elon Musk was like, hey, Isaac, I got this spaceship, and there's an Isaac-shaped seat on it. Come come to Mars with me. Free free trip? Free trip. You just got to work for the rest of your life on this planet for me. For the rest of my life. Well, it's an expensive trip to Mars, Isaac. You got to, it's a lot of money that I'm that I'm lending you. You got to pay me back. Is there no return? I, I mean, you have to pay for the return trip, so you have to work back on Earth, too. So there me. is no return? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, I've not I've not looked in the return part. The articles just are like, yeah, <laughs> indentured slavery, servitude on Mars. Enjoy. Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. Well, let's say it's not Elon Musk, and you're not going to be a slave on Mars. You're just you know, commercial flight to space is a thing now. There's a Mars mall. Do you want to go get Starbucks? But it's like a space Starbucks, so like emphasis on the star. To me, I feel like that kind of is the same thing as people climbing. Everest, just for the hell of it, you know? Yeah. It's a whole lot of other people doing the work, and a whole lot of you taking the credit for it. <laughs> and I don't really jive with that, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Also, but what if, like... Wicked expensive. Uh, the, f- the first man's trip to Mars, they just pick you. They're like, hey, you, we need a, a guide. And <laughs> we've picked you because of your experience with Mars. Now, it's different with, like, Neil Armstrong... Is that the guy? Yeah, Neil Armstrong. On the moon, yeah. Yeah, because that was legitimately pioneering. That was mm-hmm. yeah the cutting edge of exploration. First man on another, bo- yeah. Changed, changed. I mean, literally, science forever, or human human endeavor forever. So that's different than some rich dude being like, "All right, Elon, send me up in your fancy rocket thing, and I'll pay a bunch of money to do that." And I'm sure there's science involved there somewhere, and, like, that's cool, but he's not doing it for the exploration. He's doing it for his own personal ego, you know? Yeah. This is the man who launched a car into space. So, to be an astronaut that's on the cutting edge of discovery, sure. But to be some rich dude just to, like, say I did it? Just to do it? No. Not even a little bit? You wouldn't even just want to be like, yeah, I'm on Mars? Post a, post a selfie for Insta? I don't think it would help me in any way. I mean, I'd like to think I'd be that humble to be like, I don't, I don't want to go to Mars. But um, <laughs> it'd be a cool experience for sure. I don't know. You'd always be that guy, though. You'd always be that Mars guy. Okay. You'd be like, Oh, here comes Isaac. He thinks he's hot. Like, it's, it's like when, when people study abroad for a semester and they come back, like, oh, it just changed me. Yeah. Oh, am I still speaking with the accent? Says the oh kid that gosh. studied abroad when Isaac stayed at home and all his friends left. I went for two weeks. <laughs> that's, that's not studying abroad. That's taking a vacation. The point being, Isaac did. I learned go. some stuff on my vacation. It's different. <laughs> it's still it's still an incredibly privileged thing to say and to do, but that's different. <laughs> don't call me out like this on our podcast. I don't this know, podcast man. Is supposed to preserve our friendship, not undermine it. That. No, it, it did undermine our friendship because uh, you went, you had this cool experience and and I didn't go on it and I was like, well, bummer. I can't, 
I can't hang out with these people anymore. They're so like up their own about their experience in Spain. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, but what about all these field semesters you've done where you're out in, in you know, these – I'm not going to – I don't want to use the wil- word wilderness, but that's the, that's the word that is springing to mind. You know, you're out in these places where not a lot of people are, and you're having these adventures. Yeah, that's a good point. I do come back from those feeling on a high horse, so – that's fair. Like, oh, we it's snow to the desert, and we just made dinner while it happened. Like, it's the and, same And, and it's the there's same probably concept. people uh, people at my college that were pretty upset about that. When I, you know, felt the same envy and mm-hmm. uh, panache that I felt when you guys went on your study abroad thing. So, that's fair. But Mars would be like a whole new level. Uh, Mar- yeah, Mars would just be <laughs> the total extreme of that, you know. There's no way. Now... What about the moon? Would you consider the moon if not Mars then? Or is it the same to you? It's still the same thing. Okay. And the other terrible thing about it too is that we don't appreciate the astronauts that we have to begin with. No, we don't. <laughs> you know? They're doing these incredible things where it's like, Elon, shoot more cars into space, please. Right? Which is totally not. <laughs> you know, we like him because he, he's onto Bitcoin and, you know, named his kid, you know, our password. But, uh... Has, has just doesn't you know do you understand bitcoin do i understand bitcoin? no i don't because i've been trying to like wrap my head around it because it's been more and more like relevant to things there's this new have you heard of nfts non-fundable tokens what the fuck is an nft because my my understanding is it's a really expensive jpeg that you buy the ownership to using fake money and it somehow harms the environment. That is my understanding. It harms understanding the environment? It. It's apparently like contributing to climate change. Well, we can't have that. But I don't understand how. I don't understand. Like, you're just buying a picture that I could probably find for free. All on... currency breaks down to this where there's there was this island, I forget where, uh, it doesn't matter. There's this island with people living on it thousands of years ago, and everybody owned these giant boulders. Huge boulders, like the size of a house. And you're not going to move these boulders. But you're like, that's my boulder. And I've got like five of them or whatever. And then this dude comes along and is like, hey, I'll, I'll sell you my goat for that boulder. And you're like, sure, that boulder's now yours and that goat's now mine. And then that dude has three boulders and I have four boulders. And you can make milk and cheese and stuff. And now when it comes time to sell some, some whatever's, like, go and take one of my boulders and go buy a thing. But the boulders never move. They're all the same, in the same spots all the time. And you just take everybody's word for that. Oh, yeah, that's bold. That's my boulder over there. Yeah, that's Steve's boulder. Like, that's, that's what I've heard. That's all we're doing. <laughs> and now we're doing it with Nyan Cat and uh, some dude's uh, tweet. Doge Cash or Dogecoin or whatever Elon Musk is really into now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Like, Essentially, I think that's buying copyright is like what it boils down to is that you're buying the copyright to some cool uh, meme thing that everybody wants the copyright to. Um, and that's why it has value, you know. People are doing it with tweets. Like you can buy someone's tweet and own their tweet. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one I've seen a lot. Some shower thought tweets uh, which are, are probably non-fundable <laughs> tokens. Maybe we should get in on this. It's just... <laughs> Pick our favorite, and, and that'll be the Ketchup Cast NFT Shower Thought <laughs> sponsored. Yeah, I don't. Know, it just it just boggles my mind. I I don't you know, the, the the GameStop stuff that was happening a few months ago. I I never fully understood that, and that was something I just decided I wasn't gonna understand, and I have to be comfortable 
as a person, as a failable person, accepting that there are just things that I'm not going to get. Did you buy any game stock? Like, no. No. I got to pay rent. I can't <laughs> invest in games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did not either, so I, got I, my own I can't say, but... Uh... We could if only we'd known, we could have made it big. We could have made it so big when I bought that Wii game for forty dollars at GameStop that one time. GameStop was the place to be, and it's not anymore. But now it is again. <laughs> Apparently, well, only only through the the uh, the internet. Only though. because some Reddit people were yeah. like, "Yo, let's mess some stuff up," you know. Internet's a weird place. You you are correct in staying off it. <laughs> but I'm on it right now. What are you looking at on the internet? What do I look at on the internet? Yeah, what are you looking at right now? I'm not. I'm looking at you on the internet. This is over the internet. Oh, I guess realize. That, that's true. That was a trick. That was a trick question. I didn't think about that. What? <laughs> I was not prepared. Is Zoom just like so integrated into your your life that you? I forgot that I have to go on the internet. Yeah, I did a little bit. <laughs> oh my god. It's fine. I zoomed my father yesterday. We were doing tax stuff, and he was like, "You want help?" And I wanted help because taxes are confusing. Yeah. And we needed to share my screen, so I Zoomed my dad. And that was really bizarre. Because Zoom, like, Zoom exists as, as a for a very specific purpose. And it's, like, group meetings or podcasting. Like, that's it. So to talk to my dad <laughs> on my on my work meeting platform. I was... honestly did the same thing with my taxes. So don't feel too bad. But, uh... Dad's no taxes. I don't. Yeah? Yeah. Although that refund, though... That refund is nice. I'm stoked about that. And I was able, because I, I got my stimuluses finally. Exactly, me too. It's a good good way to go. Because we're both in the same, we were dependents last tax year, we didn't get anything. Exactly. Fix your money, America. Give me my money, Mr. Biden, please. You owe me money, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Give me the money you owe me and cancel the money I owe you. Thank you. <laughs> right. You owe me money after I owe you money. Um... Yeah, no, that's that that was cool, and that's what I was gonna buy a canoe with. But uh, apparently, I can't get cash out if I don't have a bank account. I gotta I gotta get it in Bitcoin. You gotta find the 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 canoe dealer on Craigslist. You gotta buy the, the, uh, the canoe NFT. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, I've got uh, two Doge coins. Can you give me that canoe? Like oh sorry, I only take uh, annoying or obsessive cre- creepy ex girlfriend. That's the one. That one sold. I'm just thinking of other memes. That's an NFT now. Probably yes, actually it is. I it, she popped up on Twitter the other day selling her meme as an NFT. But she's a real person. She's a real person, but her her meme is is a thing. I feel like you shouldn't be able to do that. That's just selling a selfie at that point. Do you ever hear of the monkey that uh, like this dude was doing wildlife photography, but found that like it's easier when the human isn't there, so he just put a pressure plate on the on the camera shutter and a monkey so smart. figured out how to do that and knew that it would take a picture of him. Like the, like the monkey was, has been around cameras before. has like been around wildlife mm. photography before. Yeah. Monkeys are smart. And it, it, you could see it intentionally hit the button. And so that monkey took a selfie with the camera and a dude was like not even close to the camera. So that monkey owns the rights to that selfie. I have heard about this. Wait. I remember reading like a New York Times article about and this. And the dude was trying to sell his law. picture, sell his work. But he doesn't own the rights. He doesn't own the rights to it, and he can't do it. Because this fucking monkey. <laughs> was it ever resolved, do you know? I have no idea how it ended, but... Uh, 
That's great. Listeners, if you know, send us an email because I would love to hear the end of that story. And I don't know the chain of words I would need to Google to find the end of that story. I feel like I This American worry. Life did an episode on it but uh, or, or a segment on it, but I don't remember. Oh, I remember that now. Not the episode, but I vaguely remember the story being just floored by the concept of a monkey out in some jungle owning the copyright to a photo. That's incredible. Do you think we own the copyright to this podcast? We, we must, right? Well, sometimes the subscription services, whatever, own it in some weird way. Like, I was reading somewhere that, um, or maybe it was one of my friends told me that um, anything you put on Google Drive is you don't actually own. Really? Yeah, but, like, the chances of Google acting on that are pretty low. I don't know, big Google there, as opposed to little Google. Yeah. They're bad news. Monkey selfie lawsuit. The Monkey Selfie Copyright Dispute is a series of disputes about the copyright status of a selfie taken by a Caleb's crusted macaw using equipment that belongs to nature photographer David Slater, says Wikipedia. That's a good selfie, though. That, that monkey knows what's doing. Can I see the selfie? Uh, yeah. I'll tweet it out to the listeners when I put this episode up. That is a good selfie. He's got the angle right. Yeah, dude. He's smiling. Way to go, monkey. It doesn't. I. I. I think I, it's a little too long for me to. Uh, to read till the end here. Well, just scroll. See what. I need the. Uh, long story didn't read. In April 2018, the appeals court affirmed that animals cannot legally hold copyrights. Aww. And expressed concern that PETA's motivations had been to, to promote their own interests. Rather, oh, PETA to, was supporting this monkey. Yeah, Damn it, I, I hate think, PETA. I think that's what they were doing, in order. Yeah, they were. It was for their own interest, rather, to support the legal rights of the animal. So they were saying, like, PETA, why? Like, what are you doing, man? Why do all good stories end up like this? <laughs> Somebody trying to Just make a, a buck off of tragic ending. Yeah. Did you catch the uh, the cinnamon toast crunch saga that was tearing the internet apart recently? No. So this guy, who, he's he's actually married to Topanga from uh, Girl Meets Boy Meets World. I don't know who that is uh, either. It was it was a Disney show slightly before our time. Great, basically. Uh, but anyway, so he allegedly was pouring himself a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch one day, and found shrimp tails in it, uh, and then found string and dental floss, uh, and what looked like rat poop baked onto one of the things. Uh, and was, like, freaking out. Yeah. Fairly so, I would say. Uh, and then Cinnamon Trotter's Crunch reached out and was like, hey, that's not good. <laughs> it might not be, it might just be sugar, though, not shrimp tails. And he was like, no, it's shrimp tails. You've lost all credibility. I'm not going to give them to you. I'm bringing them in to a forensic Scientologist, not Scientologist, you know what I meant to say. Scientist? And I said the wrong word. <laughs> that's the word. It's late. I don't know words. Um, so then, like, this whole saga unfolded, and then it turned out this guy is, like, a serial abuser and, like, lies constantly for attention and, like, has a huge history in Hollywood of, like, lying and and being abusive. Well, that's no good. And so it just, like... So I don't know if there was ever real shrimp in the box, but that was another story that started out really promising and then turned into a really upsetting, disappointing hellscape. What are you doing, guys? Like, oh, man. Just, just be one thing. I know. Just be a great story or be 
a shitty organization that pretends to care about animals. Don't be both. I'm still going to eat some Nintos Crunch, though. Oh, yeah. It's good cereal. I think, by far, it creates the best milk post-cereal. That's not a metric I've done a whole lot of, like, Maybe a close on. second is Cocoa Puffs, but... I was saying Cocoa Puffs because it just creates chocolate milk. Right, right. What's your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch is up there, man. I mean, like, if I'm going sugary snack cereal time, it's going to be Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cocoa Puffs. I think I have a box of Cheerios on the counter right now. Yeah, Cheerios. Which kind of take me back to home because mm-hmm. Buffalo smells like Cheerios. Uh, All the time. And Cheerios are relatively healthy and... Yeah. They don't... Now, are they plain Cheerios, or are you going like a Honey Nut Cheerio kind of vibe? No, these are the Honey Nut, and they're the that's special limited good, edition objectively... heart-shaped Cheerios. So they're not Cheerios, they're heart cereal. Which event, which just essentially means that like there's a little divot in the... Uh, in, and once they get wet, they're going to be in the soggy circle. and round yeah. anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios are by far the best Cheerio. Yeah. I would say. For sure, for sure. Not a Cap'n Crunch guy. So that's my go-to. I got really into it in college because I always had it in the dining hall. I, my mom never let me eat it. I can do like half a bowl of Captain Crunch before my mouth is <laughs> in pain. <laughs> is bleeding. Yeah. Now what you want to do is you want to find the uh, the Oops All Berries Ooh. one. And then it's just the little round fruity tasting things. I feel like there's some chemical in Fruity Pebbles that makes you crave them uncontrollably. So the issue with Fruity Pebbles is the, the shape of them breaks down so quickly once it's been touched by milk because it's just like a little <laughs> paper thin. That's true. Wavy thing. The milk to cereal soggy. ratio on that one's got to be way it's low. It's not good. Dry, it's excellent. <laughs> but dry cereal is lame. Yeah. Unless that's what you're feeling. It's good finger food. It's not good breakfast food. Yeah. We've covered a range <laughs> on this episode. This has been a weird one. <laughs> We're both like at a weird, tired level. Where we're just yeah, I'm in a weird stuff. mood right now too. I uh, I'm feeling ready to go to work though. I feel pretty confident about that. But also, feel like I've had a pretty productive week. I think I should have got a run in today. I think that's what's throwing me off. I didn't have any much physical activity today. But after uh, after getting dunked in the water yesterday, I felt like taking it easy today. So. I don't know. It's where it's at. It's it's what almost nine there for you. You've got time for a run. <laughs> yeah, not this. Not after eating ninety percent of a Little Caesars pizza. I guess that's true. You've eaten a whole Little Caesars. That's your night. Have you ever done a whole Little Caesars? Because sometimes on a Friday night when I'm tired, that's like I'll eat the whole thing and it's great. And then about five minutes later, <laughs> it's no uh, good. I just want to die. Yeah. Uh, but for those five minutes, it's it's Nirvana. It's perfect. At some point, I won't be able to do that, and that's sad. That is sad. You'll have to find a new ritual or a new way to fit Little Caesars into your life. No, I mean, like, eat the whole pizza. I'll probably still order Little Caesars. Oh, I, know, I see. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, there is a point where we're not going to be able to have... I've hit that point with alcohol a little bit. Oh, yeah? Where I can't drink as much as I used to be able to. I just get tired faster. I never, I never went through a big alcohol phase. I was always just like, yeah, this makes me tired. Now I'm, like, too tired for the party. You know, I I don't get the energetic drinking. I used to be able to like drink a beer or two on a school night, like in college and be fine for class the next morning. If I drink on a work night at all, like that's my whole night. I have one beer at like 7 p.m. and I'm like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not making it to to 10. Well, that's the thing about like my work too, is that 
for eight days, I'm not drinking. Right. And then my tolerance goes through it's the roof again. Low. And then like one, I'm a cheap date on, on my off week. So, uh, it works out. Nothing wrong with being a cheap date. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where we can go from here. I feel like we've, we've reached the end of the, uh, the episode. What do you think? Another shower thought. <sighs> Another shower. Yeah. Give, give us a, one more good one. Let's see. Oh, did I lose the, did I lose the page? No. God, I think I lost the page. What if you just go into Google Images and type in shower thoughts? Wait, hold on. Maybe I got it back. No? I don't know. Let me see what I can... Oh, God. Freaking thing. Dude, smartphones are... are Not smart. Are no fun. I don't know. Oh, oh. I clicked on the... God dang it. My thumbs are too big. There we go. Alright, here we go again. Shower thoughts coming at All you. Alright. It has 8.1 million followers, just to let you know. Wow. About to be 8.1 million and one. Did I tell you about my Twitter, or not my, uh, my Instagram, uh, dreams? No. I want to yes, make maybe? a bomber bear hang Instagram. You know when you're in the woods and you have to hang your food so animals don't get to it? Yes. What's a very specific type of tree that is needed to do such a thing? Like, like you're looking for the best tree to do the job. I want to make an Instagram that's just a compilation of bomber bear hang trees. <laughs> I would follow it. It's, it's follow a very it. niche thing. Like but for those that know but it, I think it would be great. It. Yeah. I feel like this one goes along with our conversation we were just having. Um... Your money is not actually yours. It's just your turn using that piece of paper. Yikes. It's just your turn claiming the boulder, man. I also like the one that the object of golf is to play the least amount of golf. (laughs) Play the least amount of golf. (laughs) (laughs) So true. a weird sport. So my challenge for you, Isaac. Yes. I've, I've... You've, you've heard me do it a few episodes. Do you think you can do the housekeeping? What do you mean housekeeping? Like our, our email, our Twitter. Oh, God. Reach us. <laughs> no. I'm just curious. I want to see, I want to see what happens. Uh, find us wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, read Ethan's book. Uh, wherever that may be. Uh, just type in Ethan's book on the internet. You'll be able to find yeah, it. Yeah, just say it'll, it'll come up. Um, you gotta search it through Bing though. Google won't do it. No, <laughs> Bing only. <laughs> Bing um, only. I'm a I'm a purist. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Anyways, uh, when would that be practical? When you want to limit your searchability to one search engine? Um, uh, what 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 else do I gotta say? Oh, give us a rate and review on iTunes. Uh, check out our beautiful website we made with Squarespace. Squarespace, the all-in-one tool for building <laughs> your online presence. That's close. I listen to podcasts so much that I can I can riddle off their ad reads. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and every, how is every single podcast sponsored by Squarespace? I know, right? <laughs> like Squarespace, is just like or the podcasting yeah network. Um, God, I don't know your email. I don't know what the email is. You can so you can follow us on Twitter at uh, ketchupcast. Ketchup is spelled like the condiment, uh, because the ketchup cast spelled like our podcast is suspended, which is 
concerning. <laughs> uh, you, you can send us an email at nocondiments at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, that's that's all. And nice job. <laughs> I said none of that. You said you said uh, you said rate and review. Well, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that'll work out. Yeah. All right, that sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, this is episode forty-two. Oh, we didn't. This is episode forty-two. That's the magic number right there. Life, the universe, and everything. Boom. Douglas Adams. Yeah.